Welcome to Hall Fights, a NerdOnEarth.com podcast where we look at the Marvel heroes of Netflix as we prepare for the launch of the Defender series. This time, Nerd on Earth contributor Joe joins me as we look at the character of Danny Rand, the Iron Fist, and how his first season on Netflix plays out. All right, well, welcome to Hall Fights, and today we are going to be talking about the character of Iron Fist. So joining me today is uh, Joe Robinson. He's one of the writers and a contributor on NerdsOnEarth.com, which is the sponsor of this podcast. And Joe, I want to hear, how did you first encounter the character of Iron Fist? Jason, thanks for having me on, man. Um about a year and a half ago, I had a friend who, who gifted me a year's subscription to Marvel Unlimited. And uh, the first thing I did was, was I got logged in and I saw the, the new this week section at the top. And I clicked on a um, Deadpool comic uh, where he was fighting dead presidents. And I just thought, this is ridiculous. I'm not reading this. And so I tapped browse uh, where you get to see all the series that are available and uh, just did a hard scroll, like as far as I could scroll on one swipe, and it landed in the eyes, and I saw Immortal Iron Fist, and I thought, that sounds cool, I'll read that. And so it, it just happened to be the, the 2006 to 2009 run of the Immortal Iron Fist, total fluke, but I just fell in love with the story right away. Yeah, and that, that comic, The Immortal Iron Fist, written by, uh, at least at the beginning, by Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction, and most of the time, David Aja is the artist. It is, uh, I think most people would hold it up as the best Iron Fist book uh, if you kind of want the backstory and the history of the character. And I, I think it's um, it's really interesting because so, it became on the end of a run where Iron Fist became important again because he, he got tied into the New Avengers right. by Brian Michael Bendis and sort of launched from there. Uh well, let's kind of go back and talk a little bit about the origins of the character. So in the uh, the 70s, Marvel was doing this thing um, where they were looking at pop culture, seeing what's popular and uh, making characters that fit that. So we talked some about that in the Luke Cage episode, yep. but also in this episode, um, they created the character Danny Rand, a, um, the son of a, a very wealthy entrepreneur who dies in a plane crash in the original story, uh, winds up in the mystic city of Kunlun, and uh, comes back 10 years later as the mystical warrior of the Iron Fist, a, a fighter who also has the ability to, to summon his chi and give himself uh, the aforementioned Iron Fist and punch the snot out of things. Yes. <laughs> among um, among other things. Yeah. And so it's an interesting uh, a, a character story. Um, it obviously was kind of tying into the uh, the martial arts that were popular, Kung Fu, all those kinds of things were, were happening around the time of this. He was created in 1974 as his first published date. Cool. Uh, and it's an interesting character story that, um, for the most part, I think would have gotten lost, except that Marvel rather than just get do away with those characters altogether, um, kept them around. And uh, one of the things that they were able to do is they merged uh, Luke Cage, who was sort of this um, character created almost in response to the black exploitation movement that was right. happening in media. Right. And Danny Rand, who was uh, 
in response to the Kung Fu martial arts uh, popularity and put them together in one book. And, uh, and that book lasted, um, all the way until the middle of the eighties. It's an interesting dynamic, the way they put those two characters together. They, they sort of play off of one another. Um, Cage is a African-American guy from the street. Uh, Rand is a wealthy white kid who happened to go off to this, uh, mystical city. And it's a, it's an interesting story. Um, if you've never read any of those kind of power man, iron fist heroes for higher era, it's an interesting idea. They're sort of a detective agency in theory. And, um, and they go back and, uh, you know, kind of works from there. Yeah. I haven't, I, I haven't checked out too many of those, but, uh, the, the ones that I've read are kind of, they, they, I mean, just what you said. It's it's an interesting dynamic. They that was uh, to me some of the better, like like for lack of a better term, like on screen partnership. Yeah. Um, that like it was it was almost like a buddy, not not a buddy comedy, but like a, like you said, a buddy detective sort of thing with this kind of mismatched pair, um, where you know Iron Fist has got the strength, but really the skill, and it's and it's his. It's his brain, uh, honestly, and his and his fighting technique that's as much of a weapon as anything else. Alongside Luke Cage, who's just impervious to damage and super right. strong, you know. And so it's it's almost like this uh, this you know twins like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito thing. Well, and I think it did. It, it kind of also as that as that book progressed, it tied into what you know what we would see in popular culture at that era, like the buddy cop movie, right? There's uh, these two mismatches, it's almost like Lethal Weapon or, or some of those, where you had these two mismatched guys that it kind of played off each other. There was always a, a comedic element to what they did. And then um, one of the things that I think happens is that at the end of that book, shockingly in the last issue, uh, Iron Fist dies, like sort of unexpectedly and without a lot of um, fanfare. And then for a long time, they left him dead, at least in comic book terms. Right. For uh, for bringing him back, uh, but you said you read the Immortal Iron Fist run that sort of has become the most I think current and popular run of Iron Fist. Tell me, what did you like about that story? What stood out to you? I, I think what attracted me to it was the it's it's multi layered uh, storytelling, which is not uncommon at all in comics. But for for me, going into uh, my Marvel Unlimited subscription. I was kind of a comic newbie. Um, I, I didn't grow up reading comics. Um, I grew up like most kids, I think, liking the X-Men cartoon in the 90s and, and a few other things like that. I used to get up early on Saturdays for the Marvel Action Hour, uh, but I never really got into comics. And so part of it was just figuring out how to read a story that's happening in in multiple timelines. Yeah. Um so, I mean, for, for listeners who might not be aware, uh, in, in that run of the comics, um, there's, there's a few things that I, th- that I think are unique from the original uh, in that um, Danny Rand's father, Wendell Rand, actually knew about Kunlun, knew about the, the Iron Fist, and was in that region as a young man trying to find Kunlun and become the Iron Fist. Um, he ran across uh, Danny Rand's predecessor, a guy named Orson Randall, um, who was the Iron Fist um, in in the time period leading up to World War One? Um, saw all of the terrible, horrible things uh, that happened in World War One and was completely wrecked by it to the point where he sort of swore off 
fighting, which turns out to be a big part of the job description for the Iron Fist. You kind of have to fight. And um, Danny goes on to learn other stuff about the history of the Iron Fist. And he actually ends up coming in contact with Orson Randall and, and kind of realizing like, wait a second, there's two of us that's not supposed to be. Um, there's this whole thing there. So it's it's the story is kind of taking place in Orson Randall's childhood in the probably late 1800s. Uh, early 1900s, and then in Wendell Rand's childhood, which um, I don't think it ever puts a year on it, but I would I would guess is probably um, you know in, in that run, probably in the 50s or 60s, something like that. And then yeah. also in Danny Rand's youth, where he's he's having flashbacks from his training, in addition to the current storyline where he's kind of fighting in this celestial tournament, which was also super cool. Um, the, the introduction of, of the other capital cities of heaven and they all have their own champion. And, uh, and I, I, I don't know how much we're spoiling the story for listeners here. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's this moment where sort of this tournament where all these, all these people are fighting each other, these seven champions of the capital cities. And then at one point they all sort of come together. Um, and I was just so hoping that after that, there was like a spinoff series that was just like the the Immortal Weapons series because the, right. the dynamic between those characters is amazing and I love it and I want more of it. Marvel, if you're listening, please give me more Immortal Weapons. Well, and I think I think one of the things that that series did is it it took sort of the surface level story of the Iron Fist and, and pushed it to to where it has some real depth. Yeah. You know, that, that idea of it, it probably wasn't a new idea that there had been other iron fists, but in terms of what had really happened to them and, you know, what, what were some of the consequences for, for them and their history. Yeah. And then, and then it builds up, it makes, um, it really makes the character of Danny Rand, um, take on a depth and a level and a, a story that I don't know anybody had ever really done too much with before. And, uh, and I think it, like you said, it, um, it's a great example of how comics can tell a story, you know, across different a- eras and ages and, uh, and, and have it still sort of make sense. So yeah, it, it's definitely, if, if you want to learn more about the character of the iron fist, I, I think it's a great place to start. Like you said, it's on Marvel unlimited, which around nerds on we think is one of the best like buys you can make. It's, I think it's like 60, 70 bucks a year, but you get so many comics that you can read on. You know, your phone, your iPad, all that kind of stuff. Is it really that much of a discount for a whole year at a time? I, I do. I, yeah. I th- and if you watch, they do sales once in a while. So. Oh, my gosh. I, I've been paying for it monthly for the last few months. I'm getting ripped off. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would say it's worth jumping in uh, for a whole year. But I, but out of that, right, so so then we, we run into the, the announcement that uh, Marvel is going to make these shows for Netflix yeah. They're going to be street level, gritty, gutty. We start with Daredevil. We get Jessica Jones. Uh, Luke Cage comes. And the fourth and sort of last one before we're going to get the all of them together in the Defenders is uh, the Iron Fist uh, show on Netflix. So when when you heard the rumors that that was coming, uh, what stood out to you? I was very excited uh, at, at the announcement because, again, at the time, not being a, a huge comic reader historically, I didn't I didn't know the Defenders were a thing. Um, so I started researching and realized, like, oh, they're kind of like the Avengers, but for the neighborhood instead of the world. And um, so I, I was very excited about that. Um, 
you know, the, the shows themselves, I've been very impressed with. Um, it, it intrigues me, uh, and this is a little bit of a tangent here, but it, it intrigues me that, like, the DC uh, cinematic universe is so dark and and gritty and grim and gray and it's just it's just relentlessly brutal and grim and dark but their tv shows um flash and arrow and supergirl and legends of tomorrow are are much lighter and they're fun and and there's you know you you kind of feel happy watching them yeah. And then with Marvel, it's like the exact opposite. Their movies are all brightly colored, a lot of action, a lot of jokes, a lot of you know laugh moments, that sort of thing. And then their TV shows, uh, like some of like Jessica Jones, I I couldn't watch more than an episode or two at a time before feeling like I needed a shower. Yeah, uh, like it just was. It was. It's uh, it's such a departure from the movies. And uh, with Iron Fist, I was I was really interested to see kind of what they would do uh, with it because um, in in uh, not so much in in the immortal Iron Fist that 2006 to 2009 run but in some of the others um, series that they've had over, over the years there's there's some kind of dark stuff about Danny Rand's past like um, uh, his the 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 flight the plane that they crashed in uh, in in one of the comic series was actually uh, Danny his mom his dad Wendell and Harold Meacham who was Wendell's uh, business partner at Rand right. Enterprises and and sort of as you see that story unfold you realize that the plane crash was sort of engineered um, by Harold Meacham and then that he um, he pushed Wendell Rand off the cliff. Right. And then tried to make a play for Danny's mom, like tried to tried to strike up a romance with her after, you know, right after she watched him murder her husband. Um, and then um, they, they referenced this in the show. But, you know, then then Danny's mom ends up being eaten by wolves. It's like there's there's some dark stuff in that story, too. And it, um, you know, so I, I was curious to see how much of that would translate into the show, um, how much of that would uh uh, would would be omitted. I mean, all, all those sorts of questions just kind of intrigue me. And then just the execution of it, obviously, is it going to be a good show or not? Yeah. And, and I think when the show was first announced, the, one of the things that was um, that you, you saw a lot about in, in social media is a lot of people wanted them to cast someone other than a blonde haired guy as, as the iron fist. They, they saw it as an opportunity to maybe take that character in a different direction and maybe open up some possibilities. And uh, obviously Marvel made the decision to kind of stick with historically what Danny Rand has been, which is a, you know, a blonde haired, you know, rich white guy. Right. And, um, and so they cast Finn Jones, who was really only known for kind of having a, a role in game of Thrones and, and then going into it. I, I think one of the things that's interesting about iron fist is it's probably the first Marvel season where they they've gotten all the feedback from some of the earlier seasons that have, have already happened. Sure. Um, the rest of them sort of all go into production without ever having heard what, what's the buzz going to be about daredevil? You know, what's the buzz going to be about Jessica Jones? Um, and even at the end of this season, I think that I could point to a couple scenes where I thought, well, clearly Luke Cage influenced this a little bit. And, um, yeah, definitely. Some of the choices they do. Yep. Uh, Danny's iPod comes to mind and the fact. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, they, he's got they, nothing but nineties rap and R and B on that thing. <laughs> and, and it's one of those things of like, man, I, you, you, you wonder 
if they had left it alone, um, would it have ended up in a different place? Now, I, I say that as saying, I don't think the series is bad, um, I, but it's clearly, I think, not the best of the Netflix series that we've seen so far. And I, I think I would agree. I, I think, um, you know, I... It, it, it's funny when you when you sort of were putting out the call for this uh, podcast and and different nerds at Nerds on Earth were taking like oh I'll, I'll talk Jessica Jones I'll talk Luke Cage I I knew nobody was going to take Iron Fist and so I jumped in and was like I will defend it because I <laughs> I liked it I don't think it's the best of the Marvel um, Netflix shows but I don't think it's bad um, I think there are parts of it that could have been better I think that like most thirteen episode Netflix shows it would probably be be better as a ten episode run or an 11 episode run um but i don't think it's bad at all and as far as the you know the the cultural diversity thing you know uh, marvel has taken some hits on that and and in some cases i think rightfully so um what comes to mind most strongly is in dr strange uh, casting tilda swinton as the ancient one and that's that's an example where in the comics it was it was an old Chinese man who was the character, and then they cast you know a middle aged uh, pasty white woman um, to play that role in the movie. And I I don't know that it was better because she played it than it would have been if they'd gotten a, an old Chinese man to play that part. Um, but with uh, uh, you know I, like you said with Iron Fist, Danny Rand has always been. Uh, a, a rich white kid. And that's part of the character, um, not just because that's how it was written, but because it's it's this outsider story. Uh, it's the story of this kid who doesn't belong in Kunlun. He's, he's not supposed to be there. It's a fluke that he's there to begin with. But he's accepted, and he's and he's sort of enrolled in this program that they put all of their young men through to to train and to learn and to fight and to to compete to see who can become the next Iron Fist. And he he rose to the challenge. Um, Marvel has done other things to to sort of diversify the cast a little bit that that don't get talked about, uh, and it hasn't been as much with main characters, but a lot of the supporting characters have been changed subtly to be more diverse. Um, for instance, in in the uh, the Immortal Iron Fist series we're talking about, 2006 to 2009, Colleen Wing is a is a white girl. She's not Asian, um, and so that that character in the Iron Fist um, TV show was was made Asian, and I think that was. You know, probably a really good call because that actress is amazing. I can't remember her name right now. Um, yeah, so Jessica Henwick, and and yeah. I would say, um, without a doubt, one one of the best parts of uh, of the Iron Fist season is, is her and her character. Yeah, and, and there have been other things like uh, the character Jerry Hogarth, who's played by uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Um, you know, in in the Iron Fist. Uh, in the Immortal Iron Fist series, that's Jaren Hogarth. It's a man. Um, and he's like the legal counsel and he, he kind of runs uh, Rand Corporation for Danny because Danny is a rich white kid who has no idea how to run a business. Um, and so Jaren Hogarth runs Rand Enterprises. Right. Um, and so th- there's there's been a few things like that where I think Marvel is making the effort to, to sort of diversify a little bit for the TV shows and for the movies. Um, but obviously it's just overshadowed when you have Tilda Swinton playing such a huge role in the character of an ancient Chinese man. Well, and the, these two kind of came out relatively close together. I think yeah. highlighted that, right? It, it, Absolutely. It made, it made one play off of the other in a way that maybe we wouldn't have seen otherwise. 
I think what you you talked about, like the, at the core, the character Danny Rand is an outsider, and and he's an outsider in Kunlun, and we see a little bit of this in um in season one of of kind of him training and that. I, my my gut says we're going to see a lot more of that in season two, um, but also when he leaves that and comes back to the world. He doesn't understand how it works. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's much more of an outsider in New York than he is in Kunlun at this point. Yeah. And, and we see it, you know, in the when he's caught on video apologizing and lawsuit <laughs> stuff. And yeah, I, I mean, it, it's hokey, but it, but it does sort of make it, it does a good job of saying he doesn't understand this world. Yeah. You know, and, and he, yet he's still sort of in a place, in a position of power. So how, how does he deal with that? Oh, and I, I listen, I wasn't laughing because I think it's hokey. I'm, I'm laughing because I feel like that's a really biting commentary on our modern culture. The fact <laughs> that, you know, like all you have to do is be gone for 10 years and then you come back and you don't understand how ruthless we've become. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think for sure they, they kind of lean into that during this season. Um, and you, and you contrast him with sort of the Meachams. Now, I, I would say one of the things you talked about this show has the problem that almost every Netflix show has is um it's three episodes too long. And and if I was going to say the part to me of, of Iron Fist season one, where it shows up the most is in the Meacham. So um, those characters are sort of supposed to have been his friends. You know, when he was a kid, we, we get a little bit of, at least for sure, the, um, the daughter was supposed to be his close friend. And then the older brother was around. Um, and then we do have the uh, the dad there. I um, t- tell me, what did you think about that part of sort of the storyline? The the Meachams as the ones who kept the Rand Corporation going, and when Danny shows back up, sort of whether he likes it or not, wants to want to be his sworn enemy. I I can't remember the name of the actor who plays Harold Meacham. I, I just remember that he was Faramir in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and therefore he can do no wrong in my eyes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a fan. I, I really am. And um, yeah, so in in and I'm, I'm trying to remember which one of the the Iron Fist comic series it is where uh, where where Harold is there when when Danny's parents are killed. Uh, and if memory serves, Danny kind of blocks that out. Um, Correct. Yeah. And and so in and he kind of realizes that much later on. And so he sort of in the comics grows up with Harold as a father figure, um, in kind of in place of his father who who he knew was killed, um, you know, in this plane crash or whatever. And so I I thought the parts it, the the first time I watched it through it really frustrated me seeing Danny react to Harold the way that he did because he he just he opens right up he trusts him he's happy to see him he doesn't question anything even though he knows what everybody else has known that Harold Meacham's been dead for twelve years um, and and on the second watch through I I kind of was like okay well maybe that's what they're trying to get at the fact that that Danny you know grew up with with this guy as a father figure even after his after his parents were killed um the 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 actors who played um uh Ward and Joy Meacham um Ward especially I feel like there were some there were some parts where maybe a different director would have gotten a different performance and it, it might have been might have been better seen for it um some of the acting was just a little um I I I, I don't know the right word for it, but other than to say just maybe a little bit over the top. It's kind of campy. 
Yeah, no, there are definitely places where it feels like the director said, no, crank it to 11. And that's the take <laughs> I took. Yeah. Um, he, he definitely, yeah, there, there was more than one where I sort of watching the show went, are we really going to do this? Yeah. Um, but what here's what's interesting. Even in those moments that to me are like over the top moments for Ward, um, it, it's kind of in line with the way the Harold Meacham character is being played. And so like it, it almost like even though it's kind of over the top, it sort of subtly reinforces the fact that like whether he wants to be or not, he is his father's son. And and I think that that's an interesting standpoint from this, that Danny lacks that. He, he sort of has lost his his sense of family yeah. and wants it. And, and part of why I think he keeps uh, pushing through on the Meachams is, is he wants that in some ways. And uh, unfortunately he's, he's not going to get it from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing is we talked about Colleen wing. I, I just think that was a great character and great casting um, in the comics. There is a long history between Misty Knight and Colleen wing kind of being a, almost into their own version of the buddy cop movie. And man, I would like, I'd pay good money to take the two actresses that have been cast in the Netflix series and like give them their own web show or something where the two <laughs> of them get, get to go around and just like do their thing. Like as, as themselves or as Misty Knight and Colleen wing. Yeah. As Misty Knight and Colleen wing. I, <laughs> I just think it's going to be a good, uh, it'll be interesting to see where and how they show up in the defenders. Cause uh, both of them are on the cast list for there, and we don't know a ton in in way of like the story for the defenders. Yeah, I don't really recall seeing them in the trailer. Yeah, and that's it, right? They're, so it's going to be interesting to see how and wh- where they show up. I think the other thing that I think this season does really well is it matches both the physical gifts that Danny has along with the spiritual. So if you you take this idea of chi that he can use it and focus it and, and it makes him, you know, uh, obviously have the glowing hand of, of, you know, the iron fist. I, I think that they play a little bit with how that starts to fade at point times when he doubts himself, which I thought was a, an interesting take that I, I hadn't, I don't know that we've seen that a ton in the comics. And so <laughs> I, I thought that was a, for the storyline of uh, the season was good. Now there, there's some, there's an interesting moment in the, the immortal iron fist series where, um, where Danny sort of, he, he realizes that something's amiss, right? He, he senses that someone else is using the chi of Shao Lao, the undying, you know, the dragon. And that's yeah. when he, he sort of gets connected with Orson Randall, where he finds out that the previous iron fist is still alive and is still using the chi and that that's affecting him a little bit. And so they sort of have, it's, it's not quite a training montage, but it's probably the closest thing to that, that you'd see in a, in a comic book where, um, Orson Randall gives him the book of the Iron Fist, and it's this mystical book that only the Iron Fists can read and interpret, and it's the history of all the Iron Fists. Danny, I think, is the 67th Iron Fist. Oh, wow, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so he starts reading, and, and Orson's teaching him, and, and um, they, they end up at one point uh, surrounded by, uh, I forget if it was a legion of Hydra or if it was the Hand, uh, in like an abandoned subway tunnel. And Orson Randall pulls out these guns and Danny Rand's like, what are you doing? Like, we don't shoot things. We punch things. And, uh, and Orson Randall uh, tells him real quick about one of the previous iron fists, um, back in like medieval Japan or something. 
who would uh, who would use a bow and arrow, and she could extend she the iron fist she could extend yeah. the uh, the chi into the arrow, and so when she hit something with an arrow, it was like a you know, it was like a thunderbolt from heaven, and uh, and so he's basically doing the same thing with bullets from this gun in the fight, and it's super cool. It's a really really cool moment, but it also sort of echoes that moment in the in the season one of the show where Danny kind of is instructed by someone else who obviously knows a lot more than he does about the iron fist that, Hey, your chi is not just for punching things. Like you can heal people. You can heal yourself. You can do other things with your chi. And it's, it's a pretty cool moment. I was glad they included that in the show. Yeah. And I think it sets up some possibilities for uh, the second season of iron fist, which is interesting because it was the first Marvel show on Netflix that there wasn't an immediate announcement that there would be a season two. They, uh, they sort of left it uh, out there for a little while and have since announced that there's going to be, uh, obviously between now and then we're going to get the defenders. Um, but before we talk about that, obviously on a show called hall fights, we have to talk about every one of these shows so far has sort of had an <laughs> iconic hall fight. Uh, to me, the one that I would say was clearly put in in a, scripted to to be the one for the iron fist is uh when the guys kidnap joy and i he has to kind of fight them uh yeah you know the scene i'm talking about yeah oh absolutely no and that's and that like you said is is the one that was clearly like uh oh they're walking into a hall here comes the fight yeah you know and it's it's become a thing and i i love that it's become a thing because it's it's fun i mean it's they've they've sort of one-upped every you know every show um daredevil had the original which is probably still the best i think oh but yeah then, you know, they've, think. they've had fights in in stairwells and um you know all, all kinds of stuff and it's 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 kind of a hallmark of the netflix series uh but to me like it's it's awesome it's a cool like thing you know well and it does a great job i think early on it, it shows um to joy that danny is much different than she thought he would be um you know, he, he's a warrior. He, he fights, you know, eight or 10 guys. At some point they pull out axes, right. Um, you know, and the end of the scene is him defending your, you know, he's got his back to her in the elevator. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a really good, uh, hall fight. I think it, it, it definitely lives up to the title. Absolutely. Um, so as we think about the defenders, uh, we don't know a ton about what's coming in the show. It, it's going to release pretty soon here. What do you think about in terms of, um, how do you think all those pieces are going to fit together? Um, I think in the history of comics, uh, Danny and Luke Cage obviously have close ties. Cage and Jessica Jones have close ties. Daredevil kind of becomes the outlier. Um, in recent history, they've done some things with them. And um, and right now, there's an excellent Defenders comic that's being released, written by uh, Brian Michael Bendis. But as you think about the show, how do you think um, – Danny's going to fit into the defenders and how, how do you think that might work? Danny out of, out of the characters who, who comprise the defenders, right? Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist. Uh, Danny Rand by far seems the least jaded to the world. I mean, he, he seems like if, if there's going, going to be one of those four who, who still tries to see the best in people, um, you know, it's it's going to be Iron Fist, followed pretty closely by Daredevil. Um, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, I think, would probably, you know, in, on some days, be just as happy to just punch everything and have it over with. Sure. Um, so I, I think he's going to fill that role of like, 
you know, hey, let's let's not go nuclear on whatever this is. Like, let's give them a chance to, you know, do the right thing or, or whatever. And um, knowing the way these shows go, I, I have a feeling, he, you know, there's going to be that moment where he's like kind of convinced everybody, hey, let's let's pull back and see if, you know, whatever, see if there's some redemption to be had here. And then there won't be, it'll be like, Oh, you gave me a minute to breathe. Now I'm going to make it even worse, you know, from, from the villain. No. And I think one of the things that happens in his series that we're going to see pulled forward is, um, so the hand becomes one of the major villains in iron fist. And um, by all indicators, it is the, at least, uh, the starting point of the big bad and, uh, defender. So we're going to see, um, his experience with them sort of bubble to the surface. I would bet fairly early on. And, yeah. I, and I'm with you. I think in some ways, um, Danny Rand is the purest of the heroes and the defenders based on the Netflix shows. Um, but I also think he's going to be the comedic um, levity that the show needs. I think, I think it could very easily, like you said, be over the tart top, super dark. And uh I think he's going to almost be seen as the uh, the sidekick everybody picks on and makes jokes about, but at the same time is a, is a real and an important part of the team. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, Jessica Jones is going to be the dark humor. Um, yeah. You know, D- Danny Rand might be the light humor. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. Well, hey, Joe, thanks so much for coming on and talking about Iron Fist. Um, like we said, if you haven't watched it, um, the reviews are are less than stellar, but I, I think honestly, um, I would say Iron Fist suffers from what I call the Iron Man Two syndrome. Uh, Iron Man Two was released, and everybody knew that the Avengers was coming next, and we're desperately wanting to get there. And so, um, to be clear, I don't think Iron Man Two is a good uh, movie by any stretch, but uh, <laughs> but I think Iron Fist is a better series than people give it credit for being. Absolutely. Uh, I, th- I think Iron Fist suffers from, from the Iron Man 2 effect and also from coming after Luke Cage. Um, yeah, Luke, Luke Cage was so good. Yeah, and I, and I think that if, if I was going to stack rank him, Cage is probably at the top of my list. And so it, uh, it, it does pale to some degree in comparison. But ha- thanks for coming on the show, man. Um, uh, thanks for having me. We're, we're really excited about the Defenders. Uh, our hope is... Uh, what will happen is we will review the first half of that season, get some of the nerds together to talk about the first half and then the second half as we finish them. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, mark your calendars. Uh, Defenders comes out middle of August and we are excited to, uh, to see what happens. Yes, we are. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. You've just listened to Hall Fights, Iron Fist. Thanks to Joe for joining me on the show. You can find the awesome articles Joe's written on our website, nerdsonearth.com. Next time on Hall Fights, we will gather a panel and break down the first four episodes of the Defender series and see if it's living up to all of our dreams. 